0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story is not really a top story in the headlines, but I thought it was very interesting. Every once in a while, I look at uh, the Executive orders or presidential actions, whatever they call them on the White House. And a lot of times it's ceremonial stuff. Like I think the top one is like, it's made in America day, you know, and all this kind of crap. And it's like, we are here to honor like the, the school marms of Ohio and all that. The, the, but then I just like scroll down a little bit and there's one from a few days ago, which I thought was like, uh, you know, that this stuff just, I think, I'd like to know what they're doing with it. And it just seems like the numbers are so big that to just like throw it out there, it almost feels unconstitutional. So here it is. It says, and they they're always written very like nonchalant, even though very formally, even though they have sometimes they have like these huge things in it. But it says, by the authority vested in me as president, including section three oh one of the US Code. Uh, yada, yada, subject to the filing of the Foreign Assistance Act of 1961. All right. So
1: we had a little technical issue while we were recording right at that moment when Monica was speaking, and it resulted in us losing about a minute of material. And I did not recognize it until I was listening back to the show afterwards. So I'm going to kind of sum up what was said, fill in the gaps and then pass it back over to Monica. She was reading from this code on the White House website. By the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, subject to fulfilling the requirements of Section 652 of the Foreign Assistance Act of 1961, and in order to provide assistance for refugees, victims of conflict, and other persons at risk as a result of the situation in Afghanistan, including applicants for special immigrant visas... I hereby delegate to the Secretary of State the authority under Section 506A2 of the FAA to direct the drawdown of up to 200 million in articles and services from the inventory and resources of any agency of the United States government and military education and training from the Department of Defense for the purposes and under the authorities of the Migration and Refugee Act of 1962. That was the code that Monica was reading from on the White House website when the technical glitch occurred. She then went on to make the point that when the United States first started giving out aid around the world and donating big investments to other countries, that it didn't raise America's standing in the world or make public opinion better. It actually made public opinion sour about America in those countries because it created a level of resentment. And she's about to go into a story about when she first learned that, these investments, these heavy investments that America were were making in other countries caused that resentment. Now, will
0: pass it right back to her. Especially after I had a, an Uber ride with an Ethiopian guy, that it's not that they just resent it and were there on welfare. It's that what we do with the money is not really aid them. We use it for political purposes, regime change and stuff within their country. It's so like the Ethiopian guy said like the the reports of of the famine and the starvation and stuff that you got back in the eighties or whatever were grossly exaggerated. And all that aid that you brought in was only given to people on the ground who were going to employ the tactics and promote the politics that you wanted them to had nothing to do with giving food to people. It was giving money to power bases there. So then I realized the reason that the foreign aid makes people hate us is because we go in and manipulate their country with it, not because they resent handouts, you know. So, so I always try to read between the lines yeah. of these things, you know. It's like always... what's
1: what do, what do I have to do? What's the catch for this? Right? Buddy?
0: It's not. It's not like they're proud. It's like they're being effed by this guy who was a little punk who all of a sudden has a hundred million dollars and took over the country, you know, like like that guy in Florida who. was arrested for the coup, but I think he was going to take over Haiti if he went undetected. And he said he did it with our blessing, if not our money, I don't know. So... This says, in order to provide assistance for refugees, victims of conflict, and other persons at risk as a result of the situation in Afghanistan, including applicants for special immigration visas out of Afghanistan, what could possibly go wrong? I would like to know. Sounds like 9-11 backstories. I hereby delegate, delegate to the Secretary of State the authority to direct the drawdown of the FAA or the Foreign Assistance Act to direct the drawdown of up to $200 million in articles and services from the inventory and resources of any agency of the U.S. government and military education and training from the Department of Defense for the purposes and authorities of the Migration and Refugee Assistance Act of 1962. So it feels like the Foreign Assistance Act preceded the Migration and Refugee Assistance Act. And that is also when they brought in like this used to be our immigration was tied to who's here and bring their family over they disconnected that and people went nuts i was like thinking 1965 ted kennedy led the charge people were like this is just going to totally change the demographic and the like family structure the community structure of this country and it did everything that they thought it would do they were sure that it wouldn't but like this feels like all part of that about this uh, um manipulation of the other country of our countries and they're doing it now I uh, as so this is all under the umbrella of drawing down out of afghanistan but afghanistan has been our longest war i'm uh, it all came out of nine eleven. i don't trust their Im- special immigration visas like the the nine eleven hijackers i believe had special immigration v- visas from some of these middle eastern outposts it's just weird
1: yeah i read something the other day that made me think of this that there's a Pro Trump social network that the article said is just being flooded with jihadist propaganda. And I I haven't, I flagged the article. I haven't read it yet, but I found it interesting that they were making that connection.
0: The, the, the Middle Eastern stuff is definitely coming back, like both the foreign terrorism thing and the domestic terrorism thing. I think first they're transferring all the resources and attitudes and propaganda over the domestic terror thing. But that doesn't mean that they are not going to use it to double down in the Middle East, however it works.
1: And the way Biden is kind of talking about the vaccine Kind of sounds similar to the way he's talking about domestic terror and the way he's separating groups of people from what he from the groups that he say are correct versus incorrect. And he gave a speech yesterday on and it was just an update on the pandemic. And when he addressed the nation, this was definitely a formal address, about a 30 minute speech. And he made it clear how we're supposed to think about this. He has said this theme before, and this is part of the reset of the reporting on COVID that we heard CNN talk about over the weekend. And we heard CNN say the same phrase. We've heard this phrase a few times now that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That is the framing that we are to think about it, meaning that the unvaccinated are in grave danger of dying While the vaccinated are safe and secure. So that is the way of thinking about it that that they have presented in order to try and get more people vaccinated. So a couple of quick points from his speech yesterday. He said that the effort to get more people vaccinated is working and that his administration in the country must continue. And this is a quote, their aggressive efforts to vaccinate the unvaccinated. He used that word aggressive efforts. And then he claimed that the incentives are working. He said that the places that have offered citizens $100 to get vaccinated have seen an uptick of 25% of daily vaccination rates. Now, that I question. I would like to see the stats on that. I haven't found them what, yet. Re- repeat the sentence. He said that, remember when he was like encouraging locales to get states to give people $100 yeah. to get vaccinated. Well, he mm-hmm. said that this, that the states that have taken his advice and done that, which he just did this last week, so I don't know how they could have the data on yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. He said that they've seen an uptick of 25% of daily yeah, vaccination only, rates.
0: Only ra- the only way you get that is if
1: it was down to almost zero. That's what I was thinking, too. They had to they had to do this. He had to take the data from the lowest exact numbers. exact moment. Yeah. And... Biden just says stats all the time. Trump used to, he, <laughs> Trump used to do the same thing, too. Yeah. But you you, nearly got, you know, they're impossible uh, yeah. to verify. <laughs> yeah. I try to verify them. And they never cite the sources in the articles or at the, on the White House page. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you go and try and figure them out. And I don't know which one what he's talking about half the time in the stats that he said. But in that spirit of the the incentives working, he announced that. The White House, the government will be fully reimbursing small and medium business owners that offer their employees paid time off to get vaccinated or that offer them time off to take a child or a parent to get vaccinated. Kind of it. If you seek the truth or you lead others to it, then you will be rewarded with money and time off from the government. So the government is funding this effort now. The government is getting the backs of corporations and businesses that use increasingly aggressive measures to get the vaccination out there. This incentive, this is a type of support network that businesses and other organizations need to use increasingly aggressive measures, as Biden signaled, in order to try and get more people vaccinated that otherwise they might not have been willing to do before because they weren't going to get the financial help and they weren't going to get just the the communications apparatus support of the government to help them. So this emboldens companies and organizations to go out and try things that – are a little bit experimental in order to get people vaccinated. I'm going to have a little bit more on that in a second. But Biden closed out his speech in an extraordinary way. It was really a a fantastic illustration of the level of propaganda that is in the news right now. And Whether or not you agree with a vaccine effort or you do not, there's no denying that the story that Biden echoed to close out his speech has no evidence. There's not even been evidence presented to support it. The only citation that's ever been given is a viral Facebook post, which is the way they circumvent providing evidence. But there is no evidence to the story. It's not true. He echoed the story that I told you about last week, where the Alabama doctor said that there are young people that she is putting into the hospital who are begging for the vaccine right before she intubates them. And then they die. And their families then say all of the Trump talking points about the flu and I mean, just the most perfect button up little story you've ever heard in your life. And Biden echoed this sentiment, which I also heard echoed by Jake Tapper and other networks. Nobody's ever cited evidence, but he, he did it wrong. So he told the story <laughs> wrong.
0: He, he, That's funny.
1: He, here here's what he told them. He said that these these young people were begging for the vaccine with their last gasp of their breath, which is interesting because <laughs> they're on intubators. And you cannot beg for something yes. on your last gasp of breath on an intubator. Right. You can't talk. Right. So He's not telling the truth. He flubbed up the lie. But the fact that he presented that story as a part of this national narrative front and center is pretty extraordinary. And the final thing that he said is he said, folks, this isn't about politics. This is about life and death, life and death. And that was the end of his speech. So. With that said, this gives people the, and organizations the ability to start suggesting new ways to get people vaccinated. And I have a list that was suggested by a doctor from University of California named Vinye Prasad. And this is his suggestion for some potential incentives moving forward. He says to offer cash prizes for vaccination, but he says offer $500, $1,000, even $10,000 to get vaccinated. He said the current financial incentives, such as $100, the $100 that New York City is offering, they don't go far enough. But he says with tens of thousands of dollars, that may not only be cost effective, but cost saving I guess he's talking about the implications of medical expenses, insurance, and stuff like that. But I thought that was interesting. If you start offering $10,000 to get vaccinated, I can see that opening a door of massive problems because what if you took the hundred bucks? What if you were dumb enough to take the (laughs) hundred? Other people are getting the ten thousand now. You should have held out. Then he said to offer beer, parties, travel tickets, laptops, and other prizes and deliver these and vaccines where the people are at workplaces, grocery stores, restaurants, churches, and music venues. So he's offering similar themes, but really just raising the value of these themes to really try. If I hear ten thousand dollars and I'm vaccine hesitant, people are going to start really questioning whether or not. They want to get that vaccine. And then he said to tie the vaccination to binding legislation that we can never reinstitute restrictions again. So that puts the pressure on the unvaccinated for holding up the restrictions, for keeping them in place. If you say there's going to be legislation that will never do it again, if you just comply. And finally, he says, make it a last call for vaccines, announce at the end of the month that Last call for alcohol, last call for the jab, or you'll never be able to get it again because we're shipping it to Argentina. And then you're going to be on your last gasp of breath on the intubator begging, like Biden said, even though you can't physically do that. This is a nationwide increase in intensity in vaccine incentives, which fits with a global strategy that we see playing out.
0: Yes. And what happened with that is and and this was really straight out of event 201. I should probably tweet that, although I am taking a social media break along with my vacation. So I've told everybody I'm taking a couple of weeks off. I am going to go screen silent. I think that's going to be good for like my uh, cranium. And uh, don't you think it's like good for the soul to take? You a said screen that break? and I envy yeah. you. I'm like,
1: that's going to be yeah. so refreshing. Yeah,
0: I had. Um, one of my kids not everybody would do it but i had one of my kids do it for a month and it's getting a little rough he said <laughs> you know not, not to like, go too uh, off topic it's oh, yeah. almost like
1: when george costanza he, he <laughs> refrains from having intercourse for an entire episode and he just gets smarter and smarter than everybody else <laughs> i feel like you're just going to be so much smarter than everybody else with your brain yeah, clear he of was all the... he was
0: actually nervous that that would happen and he said Like, I'm glad that hasn't happened yet because then I would really have to do it forever. But it's funny because I got him a yo-yo and like 24 hours later, he's like the world yo-yo champion (laughs) and then (laughs) <laughs> so then I got him On a, a, a harmonica Let's see how that works Next That is great Yeah so he's just Going through like All the stuff from the 50s Like where people So I just think that's funny Anyway so I'm going to Follow his lead I hope you don't miss me Too much but I did want to tweet This is straight out of Event 201 Maybe I'll like Reactivate just a. tweet Monica's going to be Yo-yoing and playing The harmonica While <laughs> totally. we record When she comes back I feel be like a major ad I'll have a hula hoop <laughs> Oh my gosh I'm totally going to Get him a hula hoop So uh, So So what they had said was like what made people upset about the vaccine was that it was inequitably distributed so that the reason they couldn't make an international vaccine passport was that not everybody had access to it. So the World Health Organization today came out, if I understood it correctly, saying there's a moratorium or a request for moratorium in the rich countries from getting the third shot. People want to get a booster. They just want to like stockpile shots. (laughs) You know, and uh, that's that's the theory. Right. And and I don't know if this is because people don't want the third shot or what. But like they're saying, oh, we're asking you not to get the third shot until every country has enough stock to give 10 percent of the people. This stuff is straight out of. I think I'm reactivating my account just to tweet you straight out of Event 201. And then, yeah, that feels like
1: the presentation of false scarcity to me in line with what that doctor was just recommending last call they're going to get it over here everybody else wants it so you you get your last chance
0: that is how they introduced this thing in the first place so uh, okay so another thing that i immediately tied to the vax but then I just was speculating. And this was it. So you know how uh, the, did, did I bring that? I didn't bring the story. The Belarus, There was a sprinter from Belarus in Tokyo who criticized team management. And this was like yesterday, the day before. And then she something happened and she got so scared of going back to Belarus that Poland gave her emergency citizenship. She withdrew from the Olympics and went to Poland. Wow. Right. So those are
1: always there's always like a story like that out of the Olympics. It's just really interesting.
0: Well, I was going to use it just because yesterday we were going to talk about transgender athletes. And I had something about like the Simone Biles thing. But and so I just had a little like little one off and I said, oh, I'm guessing they so Belarus said she was lying and she's like mentally ill. And I thought, oh, this is playing into Simone Biles thing. They went on to say her husband. This is this is when I was like, "Okay." I know what this is. Her husband escaped to Ukraine on just an hour's notice when he heard this was going down and she was going to go to Poland. For some reason, he did not also go to Poland. He went to Ukraine, which is, of course, our place. You know, we, we did Ukraine. So but we've talked about Belarus before, because one of the things they said they would do in Event 201, again, straight out of Event 201, was that if anybody didn't take it, they would be pressured with soft power. So when Belarus wouldn't do the COVID lockdown stuff, even though, and again, straight out of Event 201, he was offered something like a billion dollars from the IMF. I mean, that, I, I, I verified that, at least that's an international story in mainstream press was at the time, that he wasn't widely publicized, but I found it there. So ever since then, like immediately thereafter, he's been there for decades, right? So he, if he was a tyrannical dictator, we could have hated him a long time ago, but we didn't. So then all of a sudden he has this uh, election and supposedly he was going to kind of win. And he gets confronted by or opposed by this young woman whose husband is like an international YouTube sensation with a lot of U.S. ties. And then... When and protests erupt all over the place because of the unfair election and she just she she has to escape you know this chick this was like a year ago or something and i was like wow that was all because of he wouldn't go for the COVID stuff which i think about haiti which i think about africa all of that stuff right so i look there so they didn't say right away what this chick was up to Like, they didn't go into the story. So when I was going to bring it yesterday, it was nothing. So I looked today just to get an update because I still wanted to talk about it because we had some Olympic stuff to catch up on. And they have this article. I don't know where it's from. You know, it's like one of those, you know, the Atlantic or whatever. It says, "This this is what's going on. Lukashenko, who's a sports loving guy, and even though he's an old piece of crap, he thinks he's like a tough guy, a strong man. His, his son, it says his son runs the National Olympic Committee. And he inherited the role from his father, so I guess Lukashenko had Olympic ties. And they, because of their strongman attitude, couldn't allow the sprinter's criticism to go unpunished. They and they they like try to put like psychological shit on this guy. Like he can't says he's very sensitive in terms of sports because he's like a psychotic dictator kind of thing. Like they used to do with Trump. Yeah, Trump or Hitler. You know, like that was big. He's like he acts like he's in good physical shape and he cares about the sports people there's a personal element here that irritated him in throughout that article so th- so the person who's saying this is somebody from the eurasian states in transition research center so it's called east Research Center. You look it up. It's your classic think tank. It looks very international world economic forum. You look at who founded it. You look at who is paying for it. The information is not there. So that article and the person they were citing was this Eurasian states in transition that they were saying like he he wants to project fear. He wants to show that the slightest criticism of his regime could reach, could have repercussions where he could reach you anywhere you were in the world, reach out and scare you. They mentioned there was a murder investigation in process. They mentioned that it, in progress, they mentioned that there was a plane um, that got diverted because of some kind of dissident, like all the stuff that they've been rolling out over this guy since the 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 issue with him not getting into lockstep. So I looked into this and I looked into the Eurasian Transition Research Center and I just, I didn't find anything on their site, but I found something in the Atlantic Council. You know, the Atlantic Council is absolutely plugged into the globalist thing. This was from just this past February. It says this East Eurasian states in transition is doing significant case study research on government responses to the global pandemic in that area so it's like belarus um latvia like it's just this east asian you know the eurasian whatever the baltic it's probably the former soviet countries it's actually only just four places i think where they are so but here was the thing so i'm looking and i i read like some other article and i was like wait what did that say it says it says uh the opposition leader who they're claiming really won this election, which there's absolutely no chance she did. Like, there's no chance she did. She won that election. Maybe someone could have beaten him, but that is not what happened here. So, it says Simenuskaya Simon Uskaya fled Tokyo uh, almost a year, one year after Lukashenko claimed victory in a disputed election, sparking a protest movement against his rule. I told you that. Tens of thousands joined marches calling for him to step down and hand over power to opposition leader Svetlana Sikhanouskaya, very similar name, who fled to neighboring Lithuania and has, in the past week, met with both President Biden, and Prime Minister Boris Johnson.
1: Wow. Unbelievable. So they're
0: bringing this guy down. I mean, the coup is coming. A coup in Belarus is coming. I mean, you gotta reread, even though I wasn't crazy about the guy because he's a lefty, but the uh, confessions of an economic hitman. I mean, this is straight out of that. I mean, one week ago, that chick, their man, you know, mm-hmm. in Belarus. It's Manhattan. always tied together and. In-
1: The we're so unfamiliar with the workings behind the scenes workings of these international relations because they strive to keep us out of that with this. These trifling of domestic issues and fighting amongst each other and this idea of soft power, which they do talk about this a lot. We use this soft power. If what we're experiencing right now, which would be considered soft power, this emotional, psychological warfare that's going on right now, that's like. That's like calling emotional abuse soft abuse. You know, you know, the person might not punch you, but you could very well go to the bathroom if you're a young person and start cutting yourself. So there is real physical, when you drive a population to the point of Cracking mentally with extreme fear-based appeals, which CNN and others openly talk about. We need to use these fear-based appeals more at the unvaccinated people and scare them. And we need to comfort the vaccinated. I mean, they talk about this openly. This is soft power. This is hard abuse is what this is. Absolutely. I, I have this Olympic story, and I'll give you some of the points here, and I'll probably have to carry a little bit over into the patron 15. But they've been celebrating the social justice issues around the Olympics. Anytime I hear a story about the Olympics, it's Simone Biles, it's gender equality, it's LGBT power. It's always a social justice element of it. And that is really the one of the Ism Can't said on Twitter, that's, he thinks that's the only reason that they even have the Olympics going on right now. He could very well be right because that's all. That wow, that is
0: interesting. And, and they've really changed it to me. Like They've really changed sports to where it's now the identity health thing instead of the war adversary thing. Yes, a vehicle
1: for totally for this progressive agenda. And they're highlighting the first two transgenders to compete in the Olympics. And these these athletes are really being celebrated by the global community, by social justice groups, by LGBT groups as heroic, as groundbreaking, paving the way for the future LGBT, transgender, everything. And when you see all these headlines, you either roll your eyes and say, oh, some more type of propaganda, or maybe they actually are doing something good. Maybe this is genuine. I don't know. But then when you look a little bit further, like almost nobody does, you find that it's really not what you expect at all. It's kind of bizarre to be honest with you. I'll start with the first transgender woman to compete in a solo event, the weightlifting event. The the soccer player was actually the first one to compete. The one in the solo event is the transgender female weightlifter. So here is the story on this. The weightlifter's name is Laurel Hubbard. She now she is now the first trans to have ever comp- competed in the weightlifting event and here's how she did. She lost immediately. <sighs> Right. So that immediately solves the controversy. Right. Right. So the controversy is that being born a man going to have this excess strength that it will be unfair for the other women. Well, that so as uh, by losing course, yeah. immediately, she wins for the agenda. Right. You know, for the bigger agenda. But it's interesting, though, because the event is it's that the you know that event where they squat down, they grab the barbell and then they sling it up over their head and they try to straighten their arms out up over their head.
0: Yeah, what do they call that? The jerk it's, pull or something? It's called a snatch. It's called
1: a snatch. That 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 was oh called a snatch. Word, so I find me. it interesting that the first transgender female to ever compete in the Olympics lost because of a failed
0: snatch. <laughs> you know, normally I don't like the blue stuff, but that is pretty clever. Well, I mean, I would did, but I think it's
1: on purpose. I think it's on purpose too, and I think this person, from my research of this person, who is a man. This person is a man. This person right. has not had... They have a rule for the Olympics where you can compete as a woman without having the surgery. You don't have to have the surgery. You only have to have these hormone suppressors that lower your hormones to a certain level, which people's hormones are probably lowered to that... Not your level, your sperm count, or your... Uh, Testosterone. Testosterone. I'm an idiot. Thank you. Hey, yes. You have to lower your testosterone levels to a certain agreed upon level and it has to be that way for a year leading up to it. But you don't think that people have gamed this. You know, there's no
0: way people haven't. It's g- kind of crazy this. because there's a lot of doping involved in that. Like, what do you what do you use instead? Exactly. And. It's also
1: argued that this doesn't affect the physical strength, right. that, that it's still it doesn't change anything at all. And when I saw that the person didn't have to get that surgery, I started looking into this athlete. And every time this athlete's ever been asked about the surgery, they just they almost mockingly say, I don't know, because this is a man. You look at this person, <laughs> this person makes no effort whatsoever to even look like a woman outside of having long hair. I think the person kind of looks like a chubby What's the guy's name who does the karate movies? Is Seagal. That's matcha.
0: Steven oh, Seagal, oh, like a oh, fat oh, Steven Seagal. Oh, oh, oh my this God. This athlete looks like.
1: <laughs> and I saw the pictures at first. I'm going, maybe this...
0: she'll be the first action hero. Like she looks exactly like hero. she
1: looked before her transition, just with long hair. And what I found interesting about her is that she's competed in the Olympics before as a man when she was 20, right? And Then I found out that not only did she become the first transgender woman to compete in the women's weightlifting event, she also became the oldest woman to compete in the women's weightlifting event. At the age of 43, two decades past her prime, 10 years older than the second oldest one, 20 years older than almost the other competitors. So Actually, it did not prove that there's not an unfair advantage. It just proved that someone who's in their four, mid-40s, 45 years old, is not going to be able to sling a weight up over their head. So this person effectively gave an argument to the progressive agenda that there is no unfair advantage by being 20 years older and competing with 20-year-olds in the prime of their athletic season. Right, but what if it were not that? When you read all of the interviews and stuff with this person, this is a man who has only ever done weightlifting his whole life and has never known anything else and was past his prime in his late 20s when he got in his 30s. Mid 30s had a sex change, started competing again and worked his way back into the Olympics on the women's side where he could then be an athlete again. On exchange, he started, he he spreads progressive talking points about the equity, about everything that you hear from Klaus Schwab. That's why this guy's here. This is a guy who took a spot on the Olympic team from an actual woman who makes no effort whatsoever to even look or present himself as a woman, but who's like, yeah, I'm a chick and gets the support of all of these LGBT groups and all of, they don't care that he's not because he gives them the argument that it is not an unfair advantage, and they can then have the people they want in the Olympics. And furthermore, a petition was started on Change.org that got over 30,000 signatures that wanted this man removed from the event because of the unfair advantage, because of a lot of the things that I just said that he was not really... He, he's, he seems to be faking it to me. And it was a very reasonable petition. And after getting 30,000 signatures, what happens? I'll tell you what happens. It gets removed from change.org and labeled hate speech. Wow, hate speech to protect somebody who took a spot from a woman and is exploiting and I lying. I think a lot
0: opinion. of people in the gay community don't aren't crazy about this.
1: I think they're not crazy about it at all, and I mean, not I about just, the
0: Olympics thing, but about the transgender <laughs> thing. Like it, they they might. A lot of people don't. I think it's, I forget what the argument is. You might know, but it's like, there are no more, like, lesbians. They're all totally men, you know, or whatever. Like, there's some thing that's, like, I just a person. The intersectionality ladder, there's a lot of conflict
1: there. uh, The way the media presents it, everybody is in harmony, but it's not true. There's a lot of conflict. But I will save the second one for the patron 15, which is also kind of bizarre. But before our last story of the Free 30 which is going to be uh, about, do Democrats run as Republicans? Do they pretend to be Republicans when they run? You wouldn't believe the horrific smoking gun that Monica has found on this. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what we are going to talk about in the for 15, which is I am going to give you that other transgender athlete, the story behind that one. Just as strange, just in a different way. And how do government operations like Operation Flashpoint get their name? And we also answered Monica's question yesterday about Firefly. And of course, a big thank you for today's sponsor of the show.
0: We are excited to bring this extended shout out to you from Molly. She's a patron saint and a big fan of the show and she has a very important message she'd like to get out there. Molly wants people to know that there's a toxic heavy metal called gadolinium in the contrast injection you get when you get an MRI. And some people have a devastating reaction to it. You can find out more about that by looking into the experience of Chuck Norris and his wife Gina, who, like Molly, are trying to raise awareness of this serious issue. Gadolinium is a rare earth mineral that's not found isolated in nature yet because of mris it's now in our environment and can accumulate in our bodies the long-term effects of using this heavy metal in the millions of mris that are done every year are not yet known molly just wants people to know the risks involved in getting this injection and to learn more about the possible impact this practice may have on us all knowledge is power so learn more about gadolinium in mris at molly's website www.mrits.com M-R-I-D-Y-E dot com. That's w dot dot com.
1: Check it out. Also, go to the Prop Report. Sign up with your email address. We need to get you on that list so we can contact you in case we get purged. With that said, now on to the final story of the Free 30.
0: Okay, so here's, here's something crazy. I got a, a, a tweet from someone. Uh, Dan, that said that, that was an article and the title of the article was Landmark Communications, the Republican political consulting firm in Atlanta that runs Democrats as Republicans. And then the part of the headline was some with China, ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Like, I don't care about that. Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, so I've always thought that. Right. I've always thought like I've always just joked with people mm-hmm. who are like, my party, right or wrong. It'll take a
1: Republican. That's what you used to say. Yeah, It'll it will take, take a
0: Republican. I'm like, Hillary is a Republican. Like, you don't understand, like, everything she does from corporations to war is Republican. And she, yeah. and the Republicans all do welfare stuff. Like, there is, it doesn't matter. And even if it did matter, at what point, you know, are they still, Like, are Democrats still Democrats? It's really the Democrats I try to hit that with. So It's the
1: false flag version of being a politician. It's like, you know, pretend to be what you're not in order to get what you want.
0: Yeah, of course. Like, it's just every, you know, and then you could do, you could just do somersaults all day on this one. But when I read the article... The example was pretty crazy. It was this. Well, what was crazy about it is what what how they outed this person. Her name was Nazira Dawood, Dawood something like that. She was running for Johns Creek City Council. Johns Creek is beautiful. Uh she was an Indian immigrant and Landmark represented her during the Johns Creek election cycle in 2015. She was a member of the Republican Leadership Program when she qualified. She advertised herself as a fiscal Republican, tough on taxes, a woman with, quote, Republican family values. She was defeated after information showing how wrong this was came to light in the form of a picture of herself as a founding member of an event that was sweeping the nation. I had not heard of this. It was sponsored by the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum. She was in the picture. It The event was called Tacos, Beers, and Abortions. Oh, my gosh. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. So, remember when like the the ice bucket challenge or something was sweeping the nation? Yeah. They decided that ice buckets are unpleasant, whereas tacos and beer are great. So, the premise was the challenge is simple. Eat a taco, drink a beer, or do both at the same time and then donate to an abortion fund. (laughs) That is extraordinary. The picture. Wow. I guess I want. I guess I have to. Oh my gosh! Tell
1: me what the picture looks
0: like, dude. It's a freaking. Okay, I'm just. I know people hate it when we do this. Oh, you're gonna put it. It's a uterus. A uterus. One fallopian tube has, instead of being attached to an ovary, has a taco, and the other fallopian tube, instead of being attached to an ovary, is a is a beer, and the over the whole uterus with the, between a taco and a beer is giant lettering tacos beers and even more giant lettering abortions we are I truly
1: mean, truly in the twilight zone <laughs> when the image that the, the actual group is using is like the same type of image that the opposing side would create to mock <laughs> the group, the I mean, that's something that, yes. like, somebody that we yeah. know no, like, create that
0: It looks like a joke. Like, that's the thing. I was like, that I had to Google it. Like, I had to look into it because, like, the thing about Chinese communist ties, I was like, I don't know what this website is. It's called the Georgia Record. Oh, I do know what that is.
1: I want to know so, what the other iterations of that photo were. I mean, who knows?
0: Well, I think they they brought it to the taco beer challenge after a while. I think they like pushed down the giant abortion thing. It's they <laughs> they have to make you heroic for having an abortion. It's like quitting and staying home like there's never anything bad that you can do that isn't like let's just let's just flip it. You know, it's just like the parenting. There's a thing like the epidemic of bad parenting that's being fed to kids on TikTok. And it just demonstrates good parenting. I think not not like they, they have definitely bad stuff in there but like the point is to to just literally go all the way and say like hugs are bad or whatever like i don't know what it really <laughs> yeah, says but, but like, you a know they, they go all the way so that it, you know if your parents like any touching is bad you know it's like i just want to hug you like i just you know they they really go instead of Putting it in a position where it can be argued, they take such a dramatic position, like... Yes, I had an abortion. You know, the T-shirt, I had an abortion. Like, just celebrate it. Just own it. Just in your face, people who would argue with you. Don't even argue with them. Just, like, fucking make them vomit. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> That's what they say. They say never engage in the other argument. And they say attack the <laughs> ethics and the and the morality of the person you're arguing against. Something yeah. very interesting popped into my head that is, is you said John's Creek, right? Yeah. And she, this is a Democrat who was running as a Republican. Mm-hmm. Well... You know who else got their career started in Johns Creek? Do you remember? I don't know if I... I think I told you this on the show. Brad Raffensperger.
0: Oh, yeah. I knew it right After he came from
1: Canada... Who has a sister with a secret Twitter account who is absolutely a Democrat, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. And I've been saying Brad Raffensperger is a secret Democrat for about six months now. Yeah, that's right. I think you're onto something. You're
0: right. That's right. So uh, we got to go. I think we went way over. I do want to thank and Glenn, and Dan for becoming patrons. Thank you so much. Talk to you in the patron 15.
1: You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. If you're interested in extra content that we post, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and check out the 45 minutes of ad free shows. We do an extra 15 minutes each day that we do a DMB and you can sign up there. Thank you for listening and have a fantastic rest of your day. And we'll see the rest of y'all in the Patreon 15.